Buckle up. You are listening to Musicians and Beyond with Sarabian and Lahorn, or Lahorn or Sarabian, however you want to look at it, or today it's just Sarabian because Lahorn is stuck in the dentist chair. Lucky Mark. Well, we miss you, Mark. Uh, you know, with the summer coming up, uh, it's a great time for outdoor concerts, Kenny Chesney type things, Jimmy Buffett type things, and today we have an incredible guest. We have Harmony Kelly who is the bass player for Kenny Chesney. And that's not the only thing that she does. She does a studio work, and she has a couple of her own projects. So we are going to, um, you know what, let me, let me call Harmony and see if we can get her on here. This is where I pretend I really have her number. How's your day going so far? You're in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, I guess. I'm in Fort Wayne. Um, yeah, I just got to the hotel about an hour ago. And um, yeah, I have some time to kill and be here and hang out with you guys. And yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I know you get a busy schedule. Actually, my partner, Mark, is stuck in the dentist chair. So I don't oh, think, no. he, yeah, I don't know what happened. He just texted me and said he's in the dentist chair. So. Oh my gosh. Better him than me. It doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't sound good. So uh, we just want to learn about you. How did you get into this whole uh, music? Oh my gosh. Um, Let me grab my coffee real quick. I'm going to, I'll be right back. Absolutely. (laughs) I just realized that I just finished brewing. Um, There we go. Awesome. Hotel coffee. (laughs) Um, Gosh, that's a loaded question or that's a, question with a potentially long answer i guess but um i started playing bass when i was 17 so um i think you know when compared to a lot of people that i know and my colleagues i feel like i got a little bit of a late start um but uh yeah my dad always played guitar but it was never forced upon me but I grew up around music I grew up going to see him play in bands and you know listening to records in the living room and all that stuff and um yeah and then when I was 17 I, I at that time I was a really big um Another a girlfriend of mine in high school we were really big Guns N' Roses fans um I'm still a big Guns yeah, fan Yeah yeah but uh, yeah, and at the time she was just like, she was going to get a guitar. I mean, it's that classic high school thing, like let's start a band and none of us knew how to play anything. And we just start, you know, doling out jobs to people. And she was like, I'll play guitar and you should play bass because, you know, you really like Duff. And and so I was like, okay, cool. And so, <laughs> so that Christmas um, I asked my parents for a bass and, you know, which I think kind of surprised my dad. I mean, he was very, you know, on board with that. But um, I have no idea why I chose bass. It just kind of was the thing that, you know, I wanted to do. And so he and I went to, um, there used to be this local music shop in Austin. And uh, of course, with all the changes that are happening, it doesn't exist anymore, sadly. But um, we went there and, you know, we, we picked it out and we basically put it on hold for me. And I got like a little old used PVTNT amp and, you know, that was my first bass rig and I didn't know what I was doing. And I just kind of sat in my parents' living room and played along to CDs and records and 
kind of picked out the baseline, you know, and was able to hear that for whatever reason. But I, um, yeah. And then at some point I started playing with my dad on stage and that kind of helped me learn how to be in a band, you know, and understand what it meant, like song structure. And, you know, when people would use nonverbal cues on stage to, you know, kind of signal a solo was coming and then maybe there would be, you know, an extended solo and then that person's going to solo and understanding that, you know, the song structure could change in the moment on stage and sort of understanding how to go with the flow with that. But, um, and then, yeah, I just, I ended up in my twenties in Austin, just kind of playing in different bands and just kind of snowball effect and moving my way up the ladder in Austin. But I never, um, I never went to school for music. I never, um, I never took lessons. I think I took one lesson in my life from a friend of mine in Austin when I needed to learn how to, uh, I needed to learn a good slap technique for a song that we were doing in this band I was playing in. So that was the only lesson that I took and everything else along the way was just me, um, you know, playing by ear and learning from the people I was on stage with and learning from the bass players on the records that I was, you know, kind of playing along to. So, Wow, um, that's pretty crazy. You're all self-taught. Completely self-taught, yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that's a great inspiration to kids that want to be a musician that, you know, try it. I um, did did an interview recently for Ampeg and it was for um, International Women's Day. And um, there was a group of us on there, and one of the one of the women that was on the the panel was Gail Ann Dorsey, um, and who's one of my favorite all time bass players. She's one of my heroes, and so to get to be on this you know Zoom call panel with her for Ampeg was really um, just this amazing joyful thing and and getting to know her through that and i discovered that she was also completely self-taught um which i did not know and i had assumed otherwise so it's kind of cool when you get to meet your heroes and and they're so accomplished and i mean she's played with one of my another one of my heroes david bowie and so to know that she uh, was completely self-taught as well was kind of um, encouraging for me even at my level you know at my at this stage of my life so Yeah, it must be pretty humbling that, you know, you have heroes, but there are younger kids out there that look at you and say, geez, you know, I want to be this girl when I, when I grow up, I want to be Harmony. (laughs) Which is a wild thing to think about, you know, because I, I, um, we talked a lot about this that day too, that, you know, we all probably, all of us creatives and artists and maybe anybody and anybody who's human suffers from that, um, imposter syndrome, you know, and I definitely have it, um, that sort of. How did I get here? When are they going to find out that I don't know what I'm doing? You know, and so to hear that people, you know, potentially younger girls or younger players in general might go, wow, I want to be like her is is amazing. And it's so humbling. And then I'm like, wow, I guess I am at this place and I, I have reached this level um, in my career. Um, and sometimes I, I don't know how I got here, even when I look back through mm-hmm. my path. But um, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, for our listeners, this is Harmony Kelly, and we haven't told them who you play for yet. So, oh, man. So who do you currently play for? So I play for um, Kenny Chesney, who, you know, if you don't know anything about country music, you may have heard that name before. But um, I feel like, you know, Kenny Chesney's Kenny's been around for a really long time, and he's kind of been doing it for 20 something years. So um, I feel like in a lot of ways, he's kind of becoming this legacy, 
you know, country act. And um, I say country. And then even now when we're playing gigs, it's more of like a kind of just being in a rock and roll band, you know, and it's kind of got this beachy laid back vibe sometimes. And then other times we've got this like wall of electric guitars, you know, so um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. He's great. I have been in the band. Um, I did my first tour with him in 2015. So it's been about eight years. I, wow. I auditioned in 2014. So um, yeah, it's wild to yeah. think about that. I know COVID was an interesting time, obviously. So that was a, a strange time warp. But yeah. Um, yeah, about eight years I've been doing this with him. Which That's, been cool. That's cool. Yeah. And in your wildest dreams, when you auditioned with him, did you even have an inkling that you had a shot at it? No. I mean, <laughs> I so I got, um, I, so I'm from Austin, Texas originally. Um, and that's kind of where I learned, you know, I cut my teeth in music and bands playing in Austin. And, um, and then at some point I uh, moved to Nashville uh, because I got an opportunity um, to kind of sub a gig for a really good friend of mine. Um, and get my foot in the door. And so, cause I've always been thinking about moving to Nashville, but I, it's one of those, it can be very intimidating. And if you don't know a lot of people or have a gig that you're going towards, it's a really daunting thought to just move to Nashville and go, I'm going to try to make it, you know? So, um, I had an in, um, and that gig ended up not padding out, um, kind of a, a blessing in disguise, but, um, but I stayed in Nashville and, you know, I started meeting a lot of people and played a lot of gigs and, um, and then at some point, a few years later, that same friend who was kind of the reason why I was able to move to Nashville, she, um, a, a good friend of hers is in the band. And at the time, nobody really knew me. I mean, you, Nashville, you know, you have to kind of get to know people. And um, there's a lot of people that have been there for a really long time, just trying to sort of break through, whether it's in the live scene or the, the session scene, which are kind of two very different worlds, but they ought, they, they can kind of intersect. But, um, and so she had gotten a call to audition um, and she was at the time growing her family with her husband and um, they were, I think, pregnant with their second baby. And she really wasn't wanting to. She's a fantastic bass player and songwriter and singer and multi-instrumentalist. Um, and she just wasn't really looking to um, be on the road anymore. And she was more looking to be in the studio. And she ended up going on to, you know, start producing records and things like that. So um, she basically said you guys need to call my friend Harmony to audition for this because I think you know she'd be really great and she'd be perfect and she's in Nashville and you know nobody had heard of my name you know there in that world so um so it's one of those things like I wouldn't say you know for, so for a long time I would say oh she was the reason why I got this gig but truthfully she was the reason why I got called to do the audition um and then the rest was up to me you know so right. um but I had never been in a like a traditional Nashville audition before, and I was very nervous. And, you know, at first I thought our band leader said, yeah, it's going to be really low key. Here are the six songs. And they, you know, involved um, some background vocal stuff as well. And so just learn these and we'll have you come in and, and do this. It'll just be low key with the band and, you know, all this stuff. And when I listen to the songs... Um, you know, you start to realize really quickly, like, oh, much like a lot of more modern country, a lot of these were played on a five string bass. And that's not something that I had a ton of experience with. Um, I've always been a four string player, you know, I'm a very kind of 
I think of myself as more of a meat and potatoes, you know, bass player. Not a lot of effects and um, four strings and, you know, that was it. And so I was like, okay, well, I feel like if I'm going to show up and do this audition justice and do these songs justice, I'm going to kind of need to get comfortable with the five string bass. And so a couple of weeks before the audition, I borrowed one from a friend of mine just to kind of get comfortable with it. And then for the audition, I actually went to rent a five string bass from SIR in Nashville. Um, and so so I showed up to the audition with a bass that I wasn't, you know, 100% comfortable with to, to just play these songs and pretended like I had played it my entire life because that's yeah. what you have to do, you know. Um, and then I got there and our monitor engineer said, um, do you have your own in-ears, in-ear monitors? And I said, no, I like I didn't even own in-ear monitors yet. You know, I was coming from Austin, which is a very club-based, you know, gig town, you know. And so I just I had no experience with any of this. So I immediately got <laughs> nervous. And he was like, it's totally fine. He said, We've got these in-ears that are generics. And so, you know, they make the in-ears with these little things on the end that you can kind of squeeze them into your ear. But I mean, they don't really fit well because they're not molded to you. And so I was up there for this audition and they were recording it. Kenny wasn't there that day. They were, they were somebody had a phone and they were recording it video for to send to him of all the auditions. And I think there were four or five of us that were auditioning and I didn't meet any of the other, you know, people for, right. who were auditioning. And so they're recording it. I've got this five string bass that I'm really not comfortable on. I've got to sing and play bass and and, you know, I'm trying to show up and not use any charts and so memorize all that. And I've got these in-ears in, which I'm not comfortable with the whole concept of in-ear monitors anyway. And then they keep falling out. So the whole thing to me, it was like all signs are pointing to there's no way that I'm going to get this gig. That's what know? it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then so it was really like a testament to what they were looking for um, because even before I got called into audition, the the band leader and a few of the other guys from the band said, you know, hey, we want to go, we want to meet you for lunch. And so they they met they met me and and I realized that um, almost more important than you know my skills as a bass player and 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 how comfortable I was with this big world of touring and how many notes I could play and how much music theory I knew like so much more important than any of that was just sort of me as a human being yeah. and, who, and who I was and what I brought to the table in that way. And obviously, you know, you can't get up there and be, you know, terrible or awful or, right. but, uh, you know, I didn't go to Berkeley. I didn't go, I didn't, you know, I hadn't taken all the lessons. I hadn't been on a million big stages. I hadn't played football stadiums. I had never worn in ears, like all this stuff, but it was like, they want, we want you. You know, yeah. and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> so so that little meeting, that luncheon or whatever was more like an interview. Yeah, which I didn't, you know, at the end. I mean, and he was very clear. He's like, you know, you're because at the time I was replacing somebody who had been in the band for about 20 years. Um, and so there's not a lot of turnover in this band or in this crew in general. I mean, a lot of the the guitar techs and the the lighting crew people and audio and video and band members, like they've really been around for a really, really long time. And Kenny kind of cultivates that 
familial vibe on the road. And so that was really important to them that I was going to be able to seamlessly mesh into their world, you know, um, which I respected. And I still do now having been in the band for eight years, I it makes sense to me, I really get it. So yeah, um, as as an outsider looking in, it looks like you guys are having fun. We are, <laughs> you know, it, it just looks like a blast. I mean, you and Kenny seem to, you know, really hit it off well, stage antics and so forth. And yeah, uh, yeah, we, we all vibe together really well. And um, uh, the band, I mean, it's we really do all get along. Um, we have a couple of new members as of last year, and they also replaced a couple of people who had been in the band for 20 something years, you know, so it's, and, but now, and it's, so that part's really bittersweet, but um, but yeah, we're all kind of, we've got this little family and we hang out together. And when we have days off, you know, and Kenny's really good about that too. Just that, that if we were to, as a crew, like last year, we, we had a, a couple days off in Lake Tahoe. We had a day off in Boise, Idaho. And when we were in Boise, they arranged like a crew uh, rafting trip for us to all go on. And so it's just like that sort of team spirit and camaraderie is really important to them yeah. because they understand and he understands that it just kind of makes the whole thing operate, you know, and the, the, that vibe that he's going for it, it really, they're, they're making that happen every day with the way that they treat this whole tour. So yeah, um, yeah we have a ton of fun. I mean, yeah. we, and we love everybody. I mean, everybody, on this, I mean, it really is, a, he always says that, you know, this is my road family. Um, and it really is. I mean, you don't, there's no separation between the band and the other departments where, you know, the band is held up on this pedestal and you're not really allowed to, you know, socialize. I mean, that's, that's so not what this tour is about. You know, if you go into the catering room at any of these venues, you'll see a big table with, you know, a couple of band members, maybe a guitar tech, you know, a couple of lighting guys, maybe a video guy. Uh, you know, it's just like we really, and then from the opener, from the opening band, we hang out with their band and their crew and we all know each other, you know, so it's just really this cool little melting pot yeah. of people. That you is know, cool. And it, ev- everybody that's involved is just as important as the other, although the musicians are the ones that are highlighted, but none I, of none of that would happen without all of the other people behind the scenes. I don't know what, I mean, I'm often, I feel a little guilty because, you know, we get to go up on stage and there's all this glory and, you know, the, the lights and the people, you know, the fans and everybody knows who we are, but truthfully in so many ways, like we, I mean, there's, everyone else on the crew works so much harder (laughs) than we do. And so there's a little bit of that. Oh God, I feel bad. Like we're taking the credit for all this amazing work, you know? And when we play um, football stadiums, like last year we played football stadiums this year, we're doing um, arenas in different markets. We're hitting some different places that we haven't been in a while, but you know, when we would roll into a football stadium, there's a whole steel team that gets there, you know, a week before we do to build the structure, to build the actual steel structure that the stage is on, you know, cause it doesn't, it's not just there in a football right. stadium. So it's like those guys and gals work really hard, you know, and then all the, you know, the crew and the techs and the lighting people that are the riggers that hang the, the trusses. And I mean, and it's also like, we're entrusting our safety to all those people that Absolutely. set up. The, the structure that we're, you know, running around on. So um, everybody's important, you know. Right. Uh, 
So, yeah. Well, that's cool that you appreciate everyone that you work with. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And, and like you said, you know, you guys are like a family. You even had 30,000 of your closest friends sing happy birthday to you last week. <laughs> I did. I did. That is a very surreal experience, by the way. I don't know if um, any of your listeners have ever had that. Probably not. I had not um, <laughs> had that happen. Yeah, this year we were in Greensboro when it was my birthday and my birthday is April 29th. And so whenever there's, if your birthday falls on an actual show day, um, not the day before, not the day after, if your birthday happens to be on a day when we're playing a show, whether you're a crew member, a band member, uh, whoever on the crew, if it's your birthday on that day, Kenny brings you out, they get a cake, they do this, they have this big margarita and this, obscenely large glass and you know he stops the show in the middle and brings that person up and you know everybody in the entire place sings happy birthday to that person and then they take a drink of the margarita and it's it's this whole thing and it's another one of those like he doesn't have to do anything like that but it really is it's such a cool family you know and then it's also I feel like you're letting the fans in on this little kind of behind behind the scenes moment, like you feel like you maybe get to know people a little bit better, you mm-hmm. know, to, to share in those experiences, which is so neat. Sounds like a lot of fun. And he does, um, you guys go down to the Virgin Islands every now and then? Every now and then we, we do. So yeah, he, he's taken us down there before. And, um, I remember the first time I got to go, I couldn't believe it, you know, just like being able to go there and, um, experience that we we usually take a day and go out on um a couple of catamarans and you know we would go over to yost van dyke and then you know the last time we went we just kind of went to this little private beach area and had lunch over there and swam and snorkeled and um just kind of wander around town and he's been going over there i think for like 20 years or something like that so um yeah it's amazing for him to want to share that with his people, you know, and right. just take us all, everybody over there, everyone's significant other and have this, you know, six, seven day kind of trip to the beach after the tour, you know, to just kind of like wind down and celebrate and, you know, yeah. celebrate this amazing tour that we just had. So, yeah. well, the tour life isn't easy, especially if you have a family. So yeah. it, it's nice to be able to take your family with you and, uh, you know, yeah. share, share those moments with everyone. Yeah. And sometimes it works out that, um, you know, like this weekend, um, um, after today, we're going back to Nashville and then we're playing in, um, Evansville, Indiana, which is, you know, just a few hours away from Nashville. So, um, a couple of the guys are going to bring, um, their kiddos with us on the bus, you know, they're, they're little guys, which is really cool. And they're old enough to kind of be, have awareness and we've met, you know, obviously we know everybody's children and stuff. So for them, um, it's a very family atmosphere. So for them to be able to bring their kids on the bus for like an overnight bus ride, and then to be able to, you know, have the day at the venue is a really cool experience to share with um, your kiddos. So that's fun. So not only Kenny Chesney, but you've toured with some other big names, Hank Williams, Jr., uh, Louise Mandrell. Yes, we did some we did some stuff with Louise a few years ago and we recorded with her and we did some theater shows with her. A few actually a few of the guys in the band um we did that with her which was really she's a she's a special 
a special gal. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's iconic for sure. She is. Yes, yeah, she yeah. is. And, and you had mentioned earlier that studio musician and touring musician are two completely different things, but you do both, I believe, correct? I do. I would say in Nashville, it's, it's more, it seems like there's more of a separation. I mean, there's definitely like, um, and I just think that um, there's all our guys that are out with with us here. They do both, but you know when you're when we're on a, when we're on tour, we're we're gone quite a bit, and so it's hard to. I think there's that risk of you know once you start saying no to studio sh- sessions because you're out on the road that they just kind of assume that you're always gone, and so they're going to end up calling other people. But um, and I like when we're off the road, we're done with this tour in, at the end of this month, actually, um, we, aside from some one offs and some festival stuff that just got added. But um, I'll go back to Austin and, you know, I've already started to get some gigs lined up and some session stuff will come along as well. Um, but uh, I feel like in Nashville in particular, that's a session scene that I never really broke into because primarily I was always on the road. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's harder to break into that if you're always gone. Um, but I think some of these guys in the band that um, also do that when we come home, they've just been doing it for so long that they already kind of have a relationship with some producers and studios and they will continue to get called. But um, yeah, so there is overlap. I, I, um, but I, and then I think there's a lot of guys that do sessions in Nashville in particular that don't really want to, you know, they're, they're kind of over the touring thing and they just kind of would rather be at home. And so that's kind of the choice that they make to be in Nashville and be with their families and, you know, do sessions like a kind of like a day job, you know, be able to work Monday through Friday and come home and have their weekends available to them. And um, yeah, so it's just kind of a different, different lifestyle. So that makes sense. Totally. Did you know as a child that you were going to be a, uh, a musician? No. No, I, no, I had no idea. That's why it's so weird for me because, and there's a lot of people I know that, you know, started playing, you know, their parents put them in piano lessons when they were, you know, six or eight or something, or, um, I, or violin or something like I was never, I wasn't even in band in school, middle school. I think I was in choir one time in sixth grade, but you know, I, um, yeah, I never was even in band in high school. So uh, even as a little girl, I like my parents were always listening to music and my dad was always playing in bands, but it never occurred to me until I hit that moment in high school that that was something that I wanted to do. And so I don't know if it's like years of growing up listening to what my dad was listening to, because my dad was listening to um, really sort of rhythm section bass music in my my opinion. Um, he was a huge Beatles fan, you know, and so the Beatles, Little Feet, the band, Taj Mahal, Rolling Stones, these are the bands that my dad was listening to. These are the yeah. records that I grew up with, like from a little kid. And so to me, those are all really um, drum and bass kind of based songs, you know, and, and, and bands. And so I guess maybe my ear got used to hearing that. And so when I, I, I don't know, it's, it's really hard to say because yeah. I never was a little girl going, I want to, I want to play music for a living. And in fact, when I, even after I was playing bass in high school, I uh, went off to do this thing called AmeriCorps. Um, and I lived in California for about 10 months right after I graduated high school. And then when I came back, I started going to the University of Texas at 
Austin. Um, and I didn't study music. I had no desire to study music. I um, ended up studying in the College of Communication. Um, I studied radio, television, and film. So I have a degree in that. Um, and I really wanted to go into um, production. I really wanted to do, I wanted to work on films and TV. And what I later really started to enjoy was video editing. Um, and I still love that. Um, and in fact, if I was going to, you know, kind of continue on with that or make that more of a secondary career, I really kind of want to get my video editing chops up again. Yeah. Um, cause I, I always really loved that. So even after I had already started playing bass, I wasn't going to school for any of that. And I was still kind of unsure of where it was going to take me. <laughs> yeah. But you were you know? always interested in the entertainment business. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. I guess there was something about that. So maybe it was maybe seeing my dad play guitar and be in bands um yeah i don't know it, well yeah I, I guess i was always interested in doing something in the umbrella of entertainment you mm -hmm. know and is there an idol that you have out there a musician that really has inspired you over the years i i mean honestly i am i mean it's hard because i do there are bass players that i really really love i love um i mean james jamerson to me is just like one of the greatest um, just the, what he chose, the way that he played, the style that he played, very melodic, interesting bass lines that, you know, if I were to try to play that, it would probably sound busy, you know, but for whatever reason, he was able to sort of make it make sense. Um, I'm a, I'm a really big Pino Palladino fan. I'm a really big, um, Justin Meldel Johnson fan. He played with Beck a lot and I've, he, um, and now we're kind of, colleagues or acquaintances i'm on this um text thread with him and a bunch of other bass players from la which is very surreal also to sort of be included in this group of bass players who are like to me we're always like at this upper level right, right. <laughs> um, but he i remember seeing him play with Beck in austin maybe 18 15 18 years ago or something and i had always been a real purist like bass player like meat and potatoes like I don't I play with my fingers. I play a four string. I don't use a pick. I don't really use pedals. I don't like a bass should sound like a bass and you know, all this stuff. But then when I saw him play, I realized he was doing all this stuff. It just had all these techniques. He was playing with a pick. He was playing um, different kinds of basses, active and passive pickups. He was, you know, playing, slapping. He was playing with his thumb and palm muting. He was using all these wacky effects, but it was never overkill. It was all, always so perfect for the song and i that changed my mind about you know the approach to bass um and how it could fit in a song and not be distracting but just be additive you know even if you're playing with all this different stuff so mm. um i've always been a really big fan of his but um but i'm just like artists who i love i mean i'm a very i'm a really big david bowie i've always i've been a fan forever and prince those are oh, probably my, my two favorite artists you know musicians that i um and those guys could also play anything i mean i have saw prince in austin in like 94 93 or something and i think he played every instrument and just was incredible at every one that he picked yeah, up man. so that guy was crazy he was yeah. incredible at everything he touched he really was yeah magical uh person so um yeah. but i mean i like I like all music, really. I mean, I know it's so funny that I ended up, to me, playing in this um, country band. I mean, I, I'm from Texas, so obviously I grew up listening to old country, and I appreciate country, And um, but I really am more of a kind of R&B and soul. And I mean, I 
listened to metal in high school, I, like 90s hip hop. I mean, I really listened to everything. <laughs> right. So you were kind of into every genre. And yeah. that probably added to your you know, diversity in music. Maybe so. Yeah. I mean, because I really, I mean, I, I grew up listening to all kinds of stuff. And then when I was able to choose, I went back to a lot of stuff that my dad, it's funny when you like, when I was able to go out and buy my own CDs and even as adult, like buying vinyl now, I'm realizing I'm buying a lot of stuff that my dad used to play when I was a kid, you know, like, oh, wow, I never thought that I would go buy that Rye Cooter record that my dad was listening to when I was a little kid. You know, I'm like, oh, I really, I love that. So um, it's just funny how that comes back around. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I listen to everything, That's everything, really. So for our listeners, again, we're talking to Harmony Kelly. And if you go to HarmonyKelly.com, it's H-A-R-M-O-N-I-K-E-L-L-E-Y.com. You can find out where she's going to be playing, or you can follow her on Kenny Chesney and find out what's going on there. So we can always follow you and uh, find out where you're going to be and what you're up to. Yeah. And I try to do a good job of, um, especially on my Instagram page, I try to, you know, do a lot of behind the scenes videos and photos and, you know, kind of take a little almost video diary of, you know, our days off or show days or backstage or, you know, all that stuff just to, cause I, I feel like you don't know what it really is like unless you're out here. So it's kind of cool to be able to share that with It, it is. Too. Thank you for sharing that. Cause everyone doesn't know what goes on, you know, right. and, and that's what people like. They like what they don't have access to. Yes, so, true. That's you true. Know, so that's why we, you know, enjoy what we do in, in talking with the musicians and, um, you know, just doing our thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. I mean, and, you know, especially for the people who are fans of the artists that I happen to play with, you know, even if you buy tickets to a show, you don't get to see, you know, all the shenanigans. I always call them shenanigans because that's what they are that go on, you know, backstage and behind the scenes. So it's kind of cool to share that, you know. And you mentioned your fans or, or fans of the bands. Um, you guys have like a crazy following. Like there's this group on Instagram, Welcome to the Sandbar. And they have some cool stuff. They always are updating people and, you know, showing some different video clips and some great photos. And, you know, those people are really into it. Kenny's fans are um, are are some of the most loyal and energetic fans that I've ever been around, you know? And so his fan club or his fan group, I guess they're officially called um, no shoes nation. So, cause he's got this, you know, it's very beachy pirate, you know, flip flops kind of vibe. Um, but uh, yeah, they're awesome. And they show up and they tailgate and they, you know, I mean, it's, it's really amazing. And they and there's this incredible camaraderie between all of them, you know, so if you're a fan of his and you go to a city to see him and you don't know anybody, you will make 100 friends by the time the night is over because everybody's just so welcoming to everybody else. It's like this neat little club, you know, and so, yeah, there's all these groups that where people share oh, I went to this show, so I'm going to share this video for everybody who wasn't able to be there that day. Um, it's really cool. It's special. Yeah. Um, I did have an interaction years ago with Kenny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a very interesting story. We were in uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts to his concert. I was there with a the girl, and I wore a, a replica of his high school football jersey. 
Oh, wow. And I I, got to say, I knew his music, but I didn't know who he was. So I'm walking through the parking lot, a couple beers deep, and a (laughs) golf cart pulls up to me. And the guy looks at me and he goes, hey, I love that shirt. And it was Kenny Chesney. That's so great. Yeah, he was cruising through, uh, you know, talking to the fans out in the parking lot. And I'm like, wow, this dude's pretty cool. I love it. He's really cool. I have people ask me that all the time. Like, what's he like? Or, you know, is he as cool and down to earth as he seems like he would be? Because, you know, you see all these videos and interviews and um, and he seems like he's this really super cool, down to earth, laid back guy. And he really is. Yeah. <laughs> That's the funny thing. I didn't know, you know, my impression of like a superstar was someone like Prince or, you know, someone like that, where it's like, so when I got this gig, I wasn't sure how much interaction I would in the band that I would be able to have with him. Like maybe I'm not allowed to talk to him or maybe, you know, the band, we we do our own thing. We go on stage and we play, but then we don't really hang out with him. And it, it could not be farther from the truth. Um, he's he's always around and, you know, he hangs out and he'll periodically I'll get random texts for him, from him about something and we all, he always sends me like a Merry Christmas or happy birthday or, you know, all the, I mean, he's really, he's just a normal human being. And I think that's what people forget. It's like at that level, they're really, I mean, they're still humans, you know, and right. some people choose to let that stardom change them into something else, but he's like the coolest guy, you yeah. know, so. That makes him even more likable to have someone that's so close to him talk about him on, on that level. He's awesome. Yeah. He, I mean, I really, I'm, I pinch myself sometimes because I, um, I was talking to one of our riggers also lives in Austin and we fly in and out together a lot. And so he and I we flew into Nashville last night and we were killing time before we had to get on the bus. And so he and I went and grabbed dinner and, and we were talking about that very thing. You know, it's like, I never want to take this for granted, you know, and I never want to, I always want to be humbled by it you know, because I feel so lucky and grateful that my first huge gig ever, I mean, some people never even get this opportunity, but that I got this opportunity to play for 60,000 people at a football stadium. And the bonus is that my boss is this really great person. You know, he's really, really cool. And he's also down to earth and he's very loyal to his people. And um, yeah, so I just feel like I really lucked out in that way. Well, I think he lucked out also getting you. Yeah, thank you. you know? <laughs> I like to think so, but you know, awesome. um, yeah, I think you're right. Awesome. Before we go, do you want to tell us a fun fact about you that most fans wouldn't know? A fun fact about me that most fans wouldn't know. Uh, I mean, the first one that I can think of is that <laughs> that I can juggle wow. really well. Um, that's one thing that I, that's for whatever reason, the first thing that came to mind. So do you entertain the band in between sets and juggle back there and stuff? No, I should do that. I was doing it on the bus. I, we had some like a bowl full of like oranges or something. And so I, you know, was I may have had a couple of glasses of wine when this happened, but sometimes uh, that's, that happens sometimes. Um, yeah, I can juggle. I adopted two cats during COVID. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of 
of other fun fa- I mean, I, just, I told you that I have a degree in radio, television, and film. That's something that not a lot of people know if you don't know me. Gosh, I'm from a, I'm from a really, really tiny town in northeast Texas. Like it's a very small, much like Kenny, I am from a small town. I'm from my hometown, I think is maybe 2,000 people. So, um, yeah, there's some multiple fun facts for you guys. That is great. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, I want to thank you, Harmony Kelly, for taking time out of your busy schedule, your tours um, with uh, Kenny Chesney. We appreciate you taking your time out of your hotel room and zooming in and talking to musicians and beyond. I'm so happy that you guys got in touch with me to do this. This has been really, really great. Yeah, you've been great to work with. And we like to think that, um, you know, all of our guests leave um, as a new friend. So we want to thank you for being our friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I love doing stuff like this. Okay. Thank you guys. Awesome. Thanks again. Have a great day.